0: Welcome, everyone, those here in person and online. It is so great to be gathered together with you. Are you with me? All right, all right. Such a great day to be here. It's been a wonderful kind of summer-esque weather that we're experiencing over the last number of days and looks to be way for the next number of days as well. So that's going to be awesome. It's doing exactly what my friend Danny and I would hope would happen. It's like hot during the day and then it rains at night. Like it's finally lined up perfectly. It's a wonderful thing. We're glad that you're here. We're right in this middle of the series that we're calling The Usual Suspects, examining just different biblical characters that we can learn from, that we can be inspired by, and that we can hopefully be motivated to pursue this kind of amazing life that Jesus invites us into. In fact, that's what we're going to be talking about today, the adventure of a lifetime. See, here's what I believe. I believe if you and I were going to have a conversation at a Tim Hortons, a Starbucks, anywhere else, and we talked about what you wanted to do with your life, you're going to want it to measure up to to actually be something. You You want to give your life to something significant. I have yet to meet somebody that wants to waste their life. They want to do something with their life. I can remember the very first time, or one of the many first times, that I felt like Jesus was inviting us on an adventure as a family happened back in 2015. I was at the pinnacle of my career as a youth pastor. I was like leading a large uh, community, one of the largest ones in our country, and and everything was seemingly going super well. And then I had this time with Jesus, and he said to me, hey, you know what? I want you to step away from that into the unknown. And I said, excuse me? I don't think I've heard you correctly. And He said, no, 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 no. I need you to leave what you know and follow me where I'm going to lead you. Sounds like, okay, that's fine. I'll warm myself up to that. But the challenge for me was we were in a process of waiting to be matched in an adoption. We had three kids at the time, and we were like wanting to round out our family. You know, we like even numbers. So we're like, yeah, four kids would be amazing. Let's get adopt, let's pursue adoption again and kind of round out our family that way. And we had been waiting up until that point for two years. And there was no match on the horizon. And so I was like, well, Jesus, if I'm going to follow you, you're going to have to take care of that. And he said, don't worry. By the end of 2015, you're going to be matched. I said, okay. Fast forward to the third week in November. I'm leading a team meeting. And my phone starts going like crazy. And I see it's my wife. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? She rarely calls me during the day. There must be some sort of catastrophe whatever. So I, I, I clear out the meeting and I run and I grab my phone and I, and I like pick it up and I'm like, babe, what's happening? What's going on? She's like, well, have you seen your phone? I was like, I can't look at my phone. I'm on the phone with you. Hang up, look at your phone, call me back. Okay. So I hung up, I looked at my phone at the seven text message, messages she sent me and they're all of a pregnancy test. And so then I called her back and I'm like, hey babe, is one of your sisters pregnant? And she's like, no, 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 no. That's mine. And I was like, you must be mistaken. I know how babies are made. What is going on? We laughed and we cried. She's like, yeah, no, I, I, this, I don't know, but I'm pregnant. What? And then her next question was like, what are we going to do about this adoption? And instantly, I was like, you know what? Jesus gave me peace and said, it's going to be okay. Just trust me, you're going to be matched by 2015. We're like, okay. One month later, we happened to be just outside of L.A., welcoming to the world our birth of, of our daughter, Layla. And it was a great, amazing, unique experience uh, to be celebrating with her birth family as we, we just lovingly uh, received the gift that she is into our world. My wife is still pregnant at that time. Six months later, roughly, she gives birth to Paxton what we thought we would be in terms of a family with four kids or a family of five now we had a family of five kids and a family of seven it was the adventure of a lifetime to have two newborns these delayed twins it was kind of amazing to have them all kind of sequenced that closely together what's really cool you'll see a photo here in just a moment of these two young little ones they don't know life without one another and we didn't know that they would need each other in order to complete the Frizzell family. In fact, we were hanging out with a group of people uh, a couple of days ago, and uh, my daughter said, Yeah, you know, Paxton and I, we're twins. We're twins. Now, here's the thing about adventure. We don't always know where it's going to lead us. We don't know that it, it, how it's going to like, all end up at the end of the day, but we can be reminded that there's certain things that Jesus will provide for us along the way for adventure. And that's what we're going to look at today. And we're going to dive into the story of a couple named Abram and Sarai. We're going to look at their story, their invitation into the adventure of a lifetime and what it is that we can learn from them and apply directly to our own lives. So if you got a Bible with you on your phone or the old paper, I want you to Flip with me to Genesis or tap your way to Genesis chapter 12. We're going to be looking at the first nine verses from this chapter and then examining what does it look like to accept an adventure of a lifetime. Beginning in verse 1 of chapter 12. The Lord said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he had taken into his household at Haran, and headed for the land of Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem. There he set up camp beside the Oak of Morah. At that time, the area was inhabited by Canaanites." Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and de- dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. After that, Abram traveled south and set up camp into the hill country with Bethel to the west and I to the east. There he built another altar and dedicated it to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord. Then Abram continued traveling south by stages towards the Negev. Interesting beginning to this conversation that Abram has with God. Abrams invited to leave everything that he knows and step into the unknown. See, sometimes when we want our lives to mean something and to matter or make a difference, we are expecting that we're going to know all the bits and pieces along the way. But the first piece of understanding how we live a life worth living is to know that we have to face the unknown with courage. There's so many different times that you and I are going to face unknown circumstances and situations. And in those moments, what we choose to do, how we respond to them, can make all the world of difference. In the instance of Abram and Sarai, they are invited to leave everything that is familiar and go to something completely unknown to them. Now, think about this for a moment. We read that Abram takes all of his wealth with him, all of his livestock all of the people that he's added to his household and his nephew, they're they're a big, massive caravan leaving the region that they are familiar with and going into unknown territory. Now, as someone who would have raised livestock, Abram would have known the region, would, would have known where the watering holes are, where the best grazing lands are, where the best space is to keep your animals safe, keep your people safe, keep your family safe. He knows all of that like the back of his hand. And he's leaving all of that familiar stuff and venturing into the unknown territory, having to source out where's the best water to drink. Are there wells along the way? Where am I gonna find food to feed myself, feed my family, feed my livestock that I'm bringing with me? And all of those unknowns along the way, he's got to face with courage. See, the challenge in our world today here in 2021, we don't like to face the unknown at all. We want to know everything that we're stepping into before we take a step forward. Think about it for a moment. Where do you like to eat when you go out to eat? Takeout or dining in restaurant? Do you, are you the kind of person that goes to a familiar spot and orders the same thing off the menu? Think about that for a moment. Why do you do that? Because you know what to expect. You know the quality of goods that you're receiving in that moment. You know what to expect. When you walk down the hallway to school and you enter into your English class, you know exactly what you're going to expect in that environment, positively or negatively. You like your teacher, you don't like your teacher. We like to know all of the bits and pieces along the, the way. That's how we find courage, is resting in what is known as opposed to what is unknown. But the challenge is so much of life is unknown. Like, if I grow up one day and I want to get married and Jesus leads me along that way, will I find someone that fits me perfectly? Like, if I grow up and I study this, this field of, of work industry and get this degree or two degrees or three degrees, will I have a job that provides for my family? Like, if I, if I go walking along the street, am I going to be safe to do so? Or is somebody going to sideswipe me in their vehicle? All of these things... Are unknown part of embracing the life that we've been given is is finding a little bit of courage to face that unknown when we were down in uh, California celebrating the birth and arrival of Layla, we got to work with a foster family who took care of her in the interim season while we were being transferred the legal responsibility and rights to, for our adopted daughter. And, and what was really cool about Sue and David is Sue was a retired architect. They lived just outside of San Francisco. And so I was picking her brain about all sorts of things because I love architecture and I know that San Francisco is one of those hotspots in North America for earthquakes. And throughout its history, as earthquakes have kind of bombarded the region, they've had different catastrophes take place. And we know the power of earthquakes. All we have to do is read what happened in Haiti on Saturday, and we can understand the devastating impact that earthquakes can have. They can completely annihilate all sorts of bits and pieces of our infrastructure and our very lives. So knowing that San Francisco is one of those hot spots, they live on this like fault line thing, all this stuff that I studied way back yonder when I was a young little lad in elementary school, I started to pick her brain. And I found out that Sue was part of the architectural team that designed a large portion of the downtown core of San Francisco, and so I asked her this question. Sue, what do you do to mitigate against earthquakes. You know what she told me? She said, Jason, if you and I were to get tunnel down to the foundation of these large, massive buildings that are part of the downtown core of San Francisco, you're gonna find out something really interesting. I said, oh yeah, what's that? They are built on wheels. Big, massive wheels. And I said, well, why would you build a building on wheels? She said, so that, they can flex and ebb and flow with the tremors that come along with an earthquake. And they're rated up to a certain, you know, scale to withstand the the tensions of what is happening in an earthquake. That's always stuck with me because I think that is a great picture of what it means to face the unknown with courage, to have a little ebb and flow to our structure. Many of us love to know what we're stepping into each and every day, what we're gonna face. In fact, if I would ask you a question like, would you want to know exactly what's gonna happen in your life from now until the day that you expire? Some of you might be like, yeah, that would be great. I would know how to plan accordingly. Others of you are like, no, 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 keep it a surprise. The challenge that you and I face is we have to get into that space, that rhythm and that posture where there's a little bit of flex to us. So that we can ebb and flow as we are led forward into the unknown. That's exactly what Abram and Sarai had to do. They had to have a little bit of flex to their game. See, at the point where they left everything, their extended family, and they ventured out, here's what they didn't have. They didn't have an heir. Somebody to take over the family business, the family industry. That's why they brought their nephew Lot. Thinking like, okay, he's going to be the heir to the kingdom, the empire. We'll bring him with us and then we're going to be okay. He'll take care of us as we get older and everything will keep going and keep functioning. Along the way and along that journey, guess what happened to that relationship? It broke apart. And they're left in isolation going like, we don't have anybody to take over. Now it's going to be one of our head household servants. He's going to be our heir. God provided for them in season and in time an heir a son named Isaac, who is a fulfillment of a promise that he gave. And even then, there were still unknowns along the way. Like the time when God was like, okay, that that son, that gift that I've given you, I want you to give it back to me. I want you to sacrifice him, and I'm going to take care of it. And even in that moment, God provided a way forward. See, part of the Part of the reality of living a life filled with adventure or a life filled with meaning is knowing and understanding that even in the unknown moments, there is a God that is still in control and still providing a way forward. When things seem out of our control, that's exactly where you and I need to be. Because then we can recognize that there is nothing that we can do in our own strength to provide us a way forward, to provide us a hope and a future. I'm reminded of this verse from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. God says that he has a plan to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us a hope and a future. Prosper does not equal make us rich. Prosper equals giving us the best version of life available to humankind on this side of eternity, whatever that looks like and wherever that happens to be, in Canada or around the world. That's what God promises to us as we step forward into what is unknown in the moment. And our job is to face the unknown with just a little bit of courage, trusting, that God is going to lead us no matter what. Exactly like Abram and Sarai did. But that's not the only thing that they did. They also recognized something that God invited them into. In verse 3 from the text that I read, it talks about God saying, like, I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. What he does is he sends this young group of people out on a mission. He blesses them to be a blessing to to others you and i if we have a relationship with jesus christ we are sent on a mission we are blessed by god so that we can bless others think about that for a moment abram and sarai wherever they went along with all their livestock all of their household wherever they happened to be all the different regions that we talked about on their way to canaan and going south and going to this place and that place All of the people that came into contact with them had the opportunity to be blessed by them simply by their presence because that was their mission to be a blessing wherever they were sent to be. And there were times that they did that really well and times that they did that very poorly, kind of like us. Think about it like this. If you were to move out of the neighborhood that you are right now, your country road, your city space, you're wherever you happen to be, if you were to literally move out of nowhere within the next 48 hours, would anybody notice? Would they throw a party because you're gone? Yay, they're gone. Woo, we can party. Or would they grieve? When we went into lockdown phase 2.07, 8, 4, 9, 3, whatever it is right now, when we did that, we weren't able to meet together. When we weren't able to do those things, did anybody notice? When we were closed to services and entirely online and nothing in person, did anybody notice? Hopefully not, because if we were doing our mission, then we were a blessing wherever we were, online or in person. You and I have a great responsibility and opportunity to live into that calling in a real and deep way. You know, all of us as those people on our phone, when we know that they're calling, we want to ghost them. We don't want to talk to them. (laughs) We want to pretend that we didn't get their call. Or sometimes we use the excuse that, oh, I got a new phone. I updated my contacts. I had no idea who it was. So I was screening my calls. If we're honest, there are far too many times where that's the way we operate in life than the other. Now imagine for a moment if Abram and Sarai chose or refused not to live into that mission. Wherever they went, being a detriment to the community around them. And sometimes it's because of the trauma that we suffer that we live into that reality. You know what we need to do? If that's us, we need to get healing. We need to be made whole. We need to be reminded of who we are in Jesus. We need to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior for the first time and start rebuilding our lives from that place. Because when we do, we recognize that this mission is of utmost importance. There's a sense of urgency that comes with it. Because if we don't go, then who will? If we're not going to be a blessing, then who will? If we're waiting for somebody else to do it, it's just not going to happen. It's our responsibility, it's our opportunity, it's our privilege to be sent out on a mission wherever God places us. Perhaps you can't resonate with Abram and Sarai's story because you've lived in the exact same place, in the exact same region for the entirety of your life. And you're going like, well, I've never been sent out. Yes, you have. All the people that you've gone to school with, all the people that you've done business with, all the people that you've lived beside and known, all the people that you interact with on a daily basis, you have the opportunity to be a blessing to them. You know, in a, in a season and in a moment where everything seems heightened emotionally and heightened in so many other ways, when there's various different opinions about what is or isn't going to happen, where there's fear and anxiety and, and chaos and strife and all these concerns bubbling up, are you a blessing? Do you add to those concerns or do you bring a sense of peace and hope and calm? i was standing in line in Tim Hortons on uh, Saturday I wanted to surprise my kids with some donuts because on the Tim Hortons app, if you activate this special coupon, you get them 50% off once a week. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And I, was, I went inside to the Tim Hortons because sometimes that's quicker to do than sit in a long line of cars. And I'm thinking this is going to be really quick if I go inside. And so I'm inside and the people in front of me are having a challenge with their order and things aren't going well and a manager comes over and all that sort of stuff. And, and I'm just like, I just want to get going. I I told them that I gotta be 15 minutes. I'm going to be 15 minutes just waiting here to then order and then get stuff that hopefully is correct. And then leave. It's my turn at the cashier and I can tell that she's fragile, frazzled a little bit and frustrated. And I get this little tap on my shoulder, not figuratively, literally, this reminder from Jesus through the power of the Holy spirit. Hey, Why don't you see how they're doing? And so she welcomed me and she said, hey, where can I get you? And I'm like, I'll tell you that in a minute, but how are you? You having a good day? She's like, I'm really tired. I'm like, I bet. You're running around all like crazy and stuff, huh? And we had a short little 45 to 60 second conversation. I really do hope that that was a blessing to her. It was a blessing to me. Because I saw her, I noticed her. I took the time to interact with her like a person and not just a robot. Wherever we've been placed, we have the opportunity to to do the very same thing. In our own household, parents, we have the opportunity to be a blessing to our children. And guess what? Our children have the opportunity to be a blessing to us. I know that doesn't always feel like it in the moment, but it's true. Our extended family is the same reality. Our neighbors... It's the same reality. One of my favorite things to say to people is if you're struggling with your neighbor, do something crazy and kind for them. Invite them over for dinner. They might refuse because they think you're going to poison their meal. (laughs) But over time, you wear them down with kindness. You build bridges of hope and friendship. Imagine living in a space, in a territory, and you see this whole herd of caravan of people and livestock coming to invade your space. You probably get nervous. You probably get a little bit concerned about what is or isn't going to happen. You're apprehensive. This is why it is so important for us to remember our mission. We say it like this around C-Road, to love and live like Jesus. To love like Jesus, to be a blessing to the people that are right beside us on the airplane, in the grocery store, at the gas station, when we're getting coffee, when we're in the same house, when we're working in the same space, wherever that is, are we a blessing? Or are people going to celebrate when we're no longer there? If we want our lives to count for something, to measure up, to have this sense of adventure and meaning and purpose that we are built for, it begins by understanding we have to face the unknown with courage. And the only way that we can do that is by being rooted in Jesus, having a relationship with him. He's going to provide for us what we need when we need it. And when we're willing to embrace the unknown with a little bit of courage, that's when we can live into our calling, our mission, to be a blessing wherever we go. And so today, I'm going to ask you, maybe in a couple of different ways, this is how we carry forward from this moment of time. Maybe you need to be reminded that God is actually for you, not against you. Maybe you need to be reminded that he is for you, not against you. You're like, well, Jason, I'm facing financial pressure, relational pressure, a health crisis, this, that, or the other. It does not feel that God is for me right now. This is what you need to do. Take what you feel, marry it with what you know, and live from that place. Take what you feel, marry it with what you know, and live from that place. So if you're like, man, I feel alone in this, okay, okay. Research, what is it that you know about God? What does God tell us that we will never be alone? So you take what you feel, you take what you know, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna feel what I need to feel and knowing that my feeling isn't the full picture, and then I'm gonna live from that place. And sometimes it's taking what we know and then what we feel and doing the exact same thing. I know this is true, but I feel like, but I still need to move forward. And maybe some of us need to do some work this week or over the next number of weeks to help us embrace what God has given and invited us into. The fact and the reality is sometimes we get stalled or stagnant in our spiritual lives because we refuse to move. Until we have the full map, we don't want to get moving. But the challenge is we're never going to get that full map in its entirety. It's part of the beautiful thing of life. We get to discover it along the way. And it's a heck of a lot easier to direct something that's already at moving than something that's at rest. Than something that is stagnant. So maybe we need to start right there and be reminded of who God is. Maybe we need to rekindle that, restart it. Ignite it for the very first time. I don't know, but you do. And what Jesus is saying to you is going to speak into that reality of where you are in the moment. But then there's something else that we can do. If we're like, yeah, you know, Jesus and I, we're squared away. We're good. We're moving. I'm stepping out into the unknown, into the unknown, you know, all that stuff. What can you do from that space? I want you to live into the reality i want me to live into the reality of being a blessing to others so tactically here's what that means this next week or these next moments ahead i want you to write a list of people that god has brought into your life could be your family your neighbors your co-workers could be people that you don't yet know and have a name for like that person you always see at the gas station the person that makes your coffee, you know, you're the favorite person that makes your coffee, you should know their name. If they make you your favorite cup of coffee, you should know their name. If not, get to know their name. And then I want you to ask Jesus this, how can I be a blessing to these people? Maybe he's going to invite you to give them a gift of time. Or he's going to invite you to give them an encouraging word or some insight. Or maybe he's going to just say, I want you to just pray for that person. That's how you can be a blessing. If we want to live into our mission that God has invited us into, that's exactly what we get to do. We can do this everywhere we are, 24 hours a day. It doesn't matter. It's not contingent on our ability to move or not move. It's on our willingness to embrace this invitation, this adventure of a lifetime that we are invited into. Make a list of those people and then start finding creative ways alongside of Jesus to bless them. And then see what happens. And take note of it in yourself and externally around you. See what happens. Do you feel more free? Do you feel more alive? Do you feel more connected? Do you feel more filled with joy? Because when we do what it is we are made to do, that's where true freedom is. That's where true freedom is.